What is going on and welcome to the Potluck Podcast. How are you, Jay Allen? Isn't it nice that it's just me and you today? How are you doing, man? I'm, I'm confused because normally we start out hello friends like a good Quaker, but I'm doing oh, well. Let's try this again. Let's try this again. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> Let me make sure I get it. I almost started my sermon today at Plymouth Park Baptist Church for Jared Cornett, who is not able to be with us today, by saying, hello, friends. And I forgot. But instead, I did say that my sermon was the gospel according to what a burger, which I know is not something you would be very interested in. But let's get back to brass tacks here. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Uh, been a very busy weekend. We had a great outreach at our church on Saturday, a wild game banquet. Uh, Daniel Ritchie came and preached for us, shared the gospel, uh, cooked a whole bunch of stuff that you would not eat. Um, I can say now that I have eaten bobcat and I have eaten beaver, and I just don't imagine you wanting to eat either of those things. But that's a no. Um, that's a no. That's a no. Uh, so so let's give your top three wild game i know this isn't our southern culture topic but your top three wild game meats not your normal venison all of that kind of stuff what's your top three when it comes to that kind of more exotic type options what's your top three it's fairly normal in my area but not normal for everybody i love bear um, i love bear um, every way i've had it fixed fried roast um, it's going to gross you out but i love bear liver i cooked with onions and peppers uh, so bear is bear is up there. Um, I love wild turkey, which is not a very gamey meat. I think it's just in part because I, I love hunting them, and that's just part of the reward. Uh, and it's it's the kind of thing that even you would eat, Matt. I think you would enjoy uh, at least the the breast off of a wild turkey. Yeah, more, um, more like the turkey sandwich at Subway. But go on. Yeah, I don't eat Subway. Uh, <laughs> I, I just don't eat Subway, but I do eat wild turkey, and I think you would eat it as well. Um, and then doves, uh, fairly common across the U.S., but but not common for everybody. Um, one of the Duck Dynasty guys once said that dove is the filet mignon of the sky, and it's pretty good, especially with a jalapeno and some bacon and cream cheese. We're good. You are in your car because you have just driven across your state. Where are you right now, and why are you there? Well, I am in Greensboro, North Carolina, because I'm flying out of Greensboro to go to Central America for a mission trip, uh, starting out the first half of the trip in El Salvador, uh, helping to lead a national pastors conference for the MCA and uh, at a pastoral retreat there on Lago de Iliapango. And then we are driving to Guatemala. <laughs> and uh, last time we looked at the, the route, there was like a detour because of a volcano that erupted. So when y'all hear this, pray for me. Uh, but then we're going to Guatemala to do another pastor's conference. And in both places, uh, we're probably going to do some local church ministry as well, preaching in churches um, whenever we have those opportunities as well. Okay. Well, Jared Cornut, hello, friends, is not available because he is in Washington, D.C., I believe, at the time of this recording for a Nine Marks uh, weekender or something like that. And uh, so we wish him well. I got to preach for him at his church this morning, had a great time. My mom made it there. And of course, I used her in a sermon illustration because that's what I promised I will always do if she ever shows up to hear me preach. And uh, but I also say, you know, she's the uh, she's like the truest of true fact checker checkers. And uh, so I, I say, if you question anything that I say today, 
Go straight to her after the service and she will give it to you straight. But that is not what we are talking about today, though. We wish you well and we will be praying for you in Central America and also for Jared as he makes his way back to the great Republic of Whataburger. But today we've got three things to talk about. The first is some good news out of the EC for the SBC annual meeting. Another is some news. It kind of depends on what you think. And I believe it would be great news. You probably think the same for the SBC Pastors Conference next year. It's going to be in North Carolina. And then our Southern Culture topic is going to involve a certain dish that I recently tried you like in a different sort of way, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but we'll kick it off with some news out of the EC, out of Anaheim, California, that was posted on Baptist Press. That is the state of California announced on Friday, March 18th, that the COVID-19 guidelines for indoor mega events will be relaxed. Hakuna Matata Effective April 1st, hopefully that's not an April Fool's Day joke, and the attendees will no longer be required to provide proof of vaccination against COVID-19 or a negative test prior to admission. Jay Allen, there has been some discussion uh, across the SBC, this one going as far as we possibly can to California being very far from you. And uh, far for many people, but another concern that many had was some of these restrictions that California had for indoor gatherings. And so beyond the distance, we know that's a concern for some. How, how does this kind of factor into your decision-making process and kind of your thoughts on the uh, relaxation of some of these COVID-19 uh, guidelines? What, what are your thoughts there, man? I think it's going to ease a lot of minds. Uh, I know a lot of folks have been really worried about um, having to show a, a vaccination card. Um, I've got mine with me because I'm getting ready to fly out of the country. Uh, as a matter of fact, this inspired me to look in my bag to make sure I had it with me just now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I think it's going to ease a lot of folks' minds because, you know, we're Southern Baptists and we're diverse. There are people that got vaccines, people who didn't get vaccines, people who are for them, people who are against them. Uh, some folks who are kind of indifferent one way or the other. And so while this has created a big hubbub for a lot of folks, this is going to hinder some folks from being able to go. It's not a hindrance anymore. Um, I, and, and I think we're all excited uh, that anytime some of these things are being lifted um, as COVID numbers are going down, uh, I, I don't see how anybody can see anything but a positive light on this. Um, and if you see a negative light, I, I'm sure you can let us know, but I, I think it's a positive thing. Yeah, and and I think you know going back to the uh, the negative test, especially uh, you know of course the vaccines. There's opinions pro against. Uh, did we get it? Did we get enough? Are we boosted? All of that kind of stuff. There's that side of it, but on the negative test, something that I was wondering all along the way is is this 48 hours along the way? So maybe I have gotten 48 hours before the beginning of the SBC Pastors Conference. Uh, well, then the next day, it's going to be longer than 48 hours. So it was going to cause a lot of confusion. And I know just speaking as the president of the pastor's conference, I got a lot of questions about this, even from among uh, my speakers and also from those that messaged the Facebook page. And I just kept telling them, you know, one of the best things you can do is just take a look at some of the large uh, scale events that are happening right now in California and just kind of assume that what's happening there is very likely to happen at the SBC annual meeting. But that was when I didn't know. Now I can point them to this and say that at least as of now, of course, we know it could change, 
But as of now, these parts of the restrictions will be relaxed. However, keep in mind that one of the things that you need to pack when you come to California are your plastic straws. Bring plastic straws. You will desperately need them when you uh, come. And so messenger pre-registration for the 2022 SBC annual meeting opened on February 1st at sbcannualmeeting.net and will remain open until the very day of the event, June 14th and the 15th. And so, yes, this is far away. Of course, next year, we're going to be in North Carolina. That's far for the California folks. So this is one of those things we kind of bounce across the country, get around to where the Southern Baptists are, and we can celebrate what God is doing in these different geographical locations. And so this is just one of those areas where we're kind of glad maybe it's getting behind us in our churches, and certainly as we gather for Southern Baptists. And speaking of Southern Baptists, and speaking, I mentioned a little bit about the Pastors Conference, we have an announcement of the very first nominee. Of course, right now, just an announced nominee. He hasn't been nominated. That will happen during the SBC Pastors Conference, but we have our very first nominee. You'll remember last year, there were several uh, that were nominated uh, before the SBC Pastors Conference, and then actually during the Pastors Conference, there was another nominee, but this time we have the very first one. It's Daniel Dickard. He is the pastor of Friendly Avenue Baptist Church, which I believe you are in that very town right now, Greensboro, North Carolina. He is slated to be nominated for the president of the 2023 SBC Pastors Conference by Jordan Easley, who is the senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Cleveland, Tennessee. He shared that intention through a video uh, that was shared on social media on March 16th. It seemed to get a very wide appeal from every different kind of camp and big church, small church. And, and I think that speaks to perhaps his, his vision. Of course, he has a passion for the gospel. He is known as a disciple maker, and uh, but he has a vision that I believe will kind of continue on this, this course that we've seen has uh, really brought wide support, and that is a representative pastor's conference. Big church, small church, medium church, rural church, city church, all of that kind of stuff seems to be a part of what he is wanting to do. And you are a North Carolinian. So tell us from maybe that front row seat, though a little bit back in the rural uh, sticks, if you will, what are your thoughts on Daniel Dickard there, at least in North Carolina, how he's leading out in your state? Yeah, it's overwhelmingly positive. Uh, he's not somebody that I, I know on a first name basis, uh, but the, the church he pastors, Friendly Avenue Baptist Church here in Greensboro, has been a uh, historically influential church in our state convention, very supportive uh, of the work of our state convention, uh, which I think is always important. I mean, I know we're talking on the national level here, but um, I think when a guy uh, is involved in his local association, as well as a state convention. Uh, if you're not involved in those, you're going to have a hard time understanding the diversity within uh, the SBC. Um, you know, there's kind of a, a microcosm of, of the big picture that we see in the SBC and uh, his church and his reputation precedes him. Uh, I think that's why we're seeing the, the positive response from um, people all across the SBC from different perspectives. Um, you know, it would, it would, I think, serve us all well uh, if, if we didn't make the pastor's conference as political as it has been in the past. And I, I don't expect you to give a resounding amen to that or not to give a resounding amen to that one way or the other. Uh, but 
I, I know even in North Carolina, um, the pastors conference, um, I, I think it should be about edifying pastors and glorifying God. And so uh, when you got somebody that wants to come in and do that, I think it's a good thing. Yep. And according to the ACP, the annual church profile, this is the uh, kind of demographic information that churches submit to the executive committee and so forth each year. According to that, Friendly Avenue counted 601 members in 2021 and gave $162,630 or 11.1% of undesignated receipts through the cooperative program. As we know, when we give through the cooperative program that goes to the International Mission Board, North American Mission Board, our seminaries and so forth. And uh, so he's a guy that has skin in the game. He's leading in the local association. He's active in the state convention and uh, I think would serve us well uh, across the Southern Baptist Convention too in North Carolina. And shifting gears just a little bit, I mentioned seminaries a few days ago, week ago now, we were coming back from Orlando, and we made a stop at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary uh, to stay the night in one of their rooms there on campus with our girls and kind of to wind down our trip, let them kind of take a tour of the campus, see what was going on there. We also got to have dinner with Dr. Jamie Dew, their new president, and I really enjoyed that. He took us to one of the kind of the local spots and also kind of the touristy areas there, and he had one goal. His one goal brought a smile to your face, almost made J. Allen Murray speak in tongues. Shout hallelujah, because yours truly ate, finally, char-grilled oysters. We also had some gumbo. We had some jambalaya. We had all of the little fixings that you got there. We were going to get some crawfish, but they were out somehow. Uh, but char-grilled oysters was on the menu. We ordered it, and the whole re- the, the big ask of Jamie was that I would just try it. Just try it. See if you like it. And I felt like it was like the little... Uh, you know, the, the, the demon on one shoulder and the angel on the other trying to tempt me to evil, but I did give it a try. And Jay Allen, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. It was pretty good. I ate more than one, in fact. My wife did not. Uh, she still has not forgiven me for convincing her that it was delicious and nutritious, and uh, she was not a fan at all. But so let's talk a little bit about oysters. What is your favorite way to eat oysters and i think i'm going to tune you out right about (laughs) now uh so i I love oysters i grew up on the coast um we eat oysters all the time Uh, i like oysters for oysters um i love them raw um uh, i I love a raw oyster um but i also love them steamed uh traditionally in eastern north carolina the way that you cook oysters is you start an open wood fire and you put down a piece of tin or a piece of uh, expanded steel and you throw a wet piece of burlap over the oysters and you just let them steam in their own juices until they just barely crack open a little bit to where you can get an oyster knife in there and crack it open. I still use my granddad's oyster knife when I eat oysters. It's very much ingrained in my family. Um, And so I I just, I love them steamed. Uh, I love them roasted. Uh, When you say char grilled, I'll cook them on the grill but I don't add anything to them. I just want my oysters to be oysters. If somebody overcooks them, I might dip them in a little bit of butter, but I don't want hot sauce. I don't want oysters Rockefeller. I don't want cheese. 
I just I just want oysters just as they are. And I, I will say this. Um, we pride ourselves in our oysters in North Carolina. And um, I, we don't I don't personally, if, if I can help it, I don't eat Gulf oysters, at least fresh or steamed. I'm sure Louisiana oysters are great when you're in Louisiana. But if they're shipped from Louisiana to North Carolina, uh, I would just not assume to eat them. But there is one other way that you might even like an oyster that I enjoy them as well, and that is fried. Uh, fried oysters are a huge deal in eastern North Carolina. Um, just lightly breaded, lightly fried uh, sea boogers is a great, oh. great thing. Because they, they really do. They look like boogers. Yeah, uh, and they're kind of slimy. Um, but the oyster po' boy uh, with fried oysters is always good. And we make oyster stew, which is kind of like clam chowder with oysters. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, oyster dressing at Thanksgiving is a big thing with my family. You make the dressing or stuffing, uh, if you want to call it that, and put oysters in it as well. Um, yeah, I, I love them. Just don't mess them up. As I expected, I tuned you out for about two minutes. You made me sick to my stomach. But, uh, but yeah, we, we did have a good time. I can't remember exactly how they do it. He explained it numerous times. I think it involves butter and Parmesan, and, and you just mm-hmm. keep basting it. And you see the flame going up. Uh, but my favorite part, we talked about this before the show, was they've got like that piece of bread that's that's along there with some butter on it. And once you get that uh, little uh, sea booger or whatever out of there, uh, you just got a little bucket, really a little clam shell or whatever oyster shell of some butter and all the kind of juices that are left behind. And you throw that uh, bread in there and whoo, that now that I could eat all day long, Jay Allen. Yeah, I would probably just turn that back without the bread. But there's one other thing uh, that that would probably gross you out that I love about oysters is there is a parasitic crab called a pea crab uh, that will, when it's tiny, crawl into the side of an oyster shell when they're filter feeding and live inside of the oyster shell with the oyster um, and one of my favorite things in the world is to eat steamed oysters and to find this little parasitic crab called a pea crab inside of it and eat those because they are equally as delicious as a steamed oyster. Okay, on that note, <laughs> uh, Jay Allen, I hope you have a great time in Central America. Jared, we hope you're safe on your way back to the great Republic of Whataburger. Stay tuned for any updates that may be coming out about the ever-changing dynamics of COVID, if things spike, all of that kind of stuff. But it seems like right now uh, we will not have the vaccine requirement, won't have to have the negative test and so forth. Also, stay tuned to Baptist Press if any other uh, pastors conference nominees come out for vice president, treasurer, all of that. Uh, you'll see that there or other presidential nominees. And of course, for SBC president as well. Stay tuned to that. We'll try and inform you as we always at least try to do uh, when we're not traveling and going crazy and having to pre-record stuff. But Jay Allen, why don't you send us out before you gross everybody else out uh, on this episode? <laughs> Well, friends, we are so glad that you joined us today at the potluck. We hope that you've had your fill. We hope that you've had your full and that you'll join us back again. Same Baptist time, same Baptist hour. Stay Baptist, my friends. Bye, friends. <laughs>